Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Mox on the Mic is presented by SmartBank. February is Black History Month. To celebrate, we sat down with an old friend, Henry Dickerson. He was the first black head coach for Chattanooga basketball. Henry came to the Mox from their arch rival, Marshall. He was the right-hand man for Coach Mac McCarthy during several successful seasons before taking over as the head coach in 1997. Here's our visit with Henry Dickerson. Henry, I, I want to start, I want to go back to you in, in your early days here for a second. How did you get into playing basketball? When did when did the love of the sport happen for you? Oh, again, it's a, kind of a long story. Again, when you brought up in a old mining town in Raleigh, West Virginia, uh, it's not much to do. You know, you're just running and trying to make up games. But you do put a pole in the ground, get you a backstop, uh, nail a, a bicycle rim to it, and you play off that. Uh, you learn how to dribble a little bit because every time you dribble the ball, it'll, it'll hit a rock and scoot off here and there. So you just kind of enjoy yourself. But I didn't really start playing ball until uh, my 10th grade. Uh, I was on the JV team. Uh, didn't do well, but then my junior year, I happened to start, and we, we got beat in the state championship against uh, Austin with uh, Levi Phillips and that group, which was a great team. And then, I, I you know, it went on. I, my senior year, I started. I was only returning starter on that team and had a successful year. So I basically kind of just fell in to it. You know, I played some football, played some baseball, ran some track, but uh, basketball seemed to be the, the key uh, to, my, to my success. It was either that or like my dad said, let's take a ride down this coal mine chute. So you're either going to go to school or you can work in the coal mines. So, took the easy route. Yeah, well, you, you fell into it pretty well there and ended up in college. First team all-conference four years in a row, all-tournament four years in a row. Those things don't happen by accident. A little bit about your college career. I'd never, I've never heard the story, and obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with your career as a coach, but certainly not Henry Dickerson, the player. So, Take us back to your college days a little bit, because those are some those are some impressive numbers. Well, uh, they are, and I happened again to go to Morris Harvey College, which was a private school. I uh, went to a place where, you, you know, I knew I was going to get that degree. Uh, Coach Rich McFessel, who's passing, uh, kind of convinced me of that was the place to go, but he almost lost me because. They flew me down on a Cessna three, four, six seater. So that was the first time I ever flown from Beckley, West Virginia, on a nice wind, wind, uh, windy day. Uh, <laughs> oh, they almost lost me. That plane, it almost wasn't because I asked, coming back, do I have to ride it back? As well as we brought you in, so that's the way you have to go back. Uh, so I just got into a place where I worked extremely hard. Uh, I wanted to be a good player. Uh, matter of fact, I think my sophomore year, I broke my left foot. 
I missed 10 games and I broke my right foot, but I was still uh, capable. I was still made all conference and all tournament. Uh, only won one championship. We went to Kansas City one year. I uh, got beat by Maryland Eastern Shore uh, in the third round. Uh, so we had some, we had a good team, but uh, you know, it just come from my, my habits of working hard. Uh, everybody asked me a little story how I had a lot of strength, but nobody saw me in the weight room. And there again, it comes from living in a coal mining town. And my grandmother always told me how to carry coal into the house, the buckets or the, uh, or the wood. And she always had me doing curls or she had me lifting them above my head. But I had no idea. And this was my grandmother saying, this is how you're going to be stronger. But I never lifted any weights and people besides, you know, it's just natural. That, is, that was a story that I'm never told that she'd always tell me, this is how you got to, you know, but what she really was doing was saying, hey, get that coal in here, get that wood in here, and this is the way you're going to carry it in. That's what's called being country strong, isn't it, Coach? Yeah, that country strong. That, uh, coal mining strong, one of those. <laughs> You go from the NAI from an NAI program to playing in the NBA. Now that would be almost unheard of today. How big of a leap was that in the 1970s? Oh, well, that was a big leap. I never was drafted. Dex Williams knew Larry Brown, who was the head coach of the Carolina Cougars. Um, he called him and said, "Hey, we got a six-seven, six-eight point guard we need for you to take a look at." And everybody knew I was six-four. Six five, but maybe the afro I had made me six seven six eight. So when I reported to camp, Larry Brown said, "Henry Dickerson, you know." I stepped up. He said, "Did you shrink? Uh, there's no way you're six seven six eight. And I had no idea that Tex had told him that's the size that I was. Uh, so we went into camp, and, and I had a real real good camp, and got invited back to. Veterans Camp, which we had in Boone, North Carolina, at the Holiday Inn, was our campsite. Of course, it's not there anymore. Coldest place I've ever been in my life. And uh, so we had camp there. And uh, matter of fact, Maravich was the uh, head coach uh, at uh, Appalachian State at that time. Uh, I got I got released right after the preseason, and I went to Europe with Herb Brown, Larry Brown's brother, and played in Israel uh, for a year. And then Herb Brown got the job with Detroit, and that's how I got to go, you know, to be with Detroit. Uh, got released from Detroit after that. Played with Larry uh, Herb Brown with the Atlanta Hawks uh, for a year. And, you know, had some health issues. Never bounced back from it. So that's how I really uh, got into coaching. Yeah, by the time you got to the Hawks, uh, Pete Maravich was already gone, right? So that would have been that would have been the Lou Hudson, uh, Lou yeah. uh, Lou Hudson Hawks, right? Right, right. Lou, Lou Hudson. Yeah, matter of fact, that's whose place I I really took because he he was hurt. So that that really was was he you know he was on his downside. Uh, they had some pretty good teams, but he was the only superstar because if you know. Uh, Coach Brown really didn't coach superstars. He coached uh, 
guys that uh, uh, he could coach. You know, he didn't want to deal with with the big names. And in Detroit, would that have been would that have been Bob Lanier? Was yeah. That, okay. Bob Lanier, Curtis Rowe, Sidney Wicks. Uh, we had a we had a real 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 undisciplined team. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I didn't know what I I was glad to be in there, but I didn't realize how things went back then. (laughs) What'd you learn playing in the, in the league at that point in time that you were able to take with you into coaching? Um, I don't, you know, I really didn't look at it that way because they're two different, uh, situations and each one is handled different. Uh, you know, playing, you you know, you just back then, you had to be a man to play because everybody tests you. You know, you are tested as soon as you step on the floor. As uh, far as the coaching is concerned, uh, being a point guard or a two guard that I never was in college, that was quite an adjustment for me. Uh, so I really, as the time, I didn't play much. So you did look at coaching styles, how people coach, and, and you learn from there. And then, as, as you said, with Mac coaching, I did a lot of analyzing, watching Mac. Hopefully I will get a uh, head coach job sometime. So you, you nitpick here and there, and you try to put it all together and for your philosophy and just see how it goes. Now, Henry, before coming to UTC, you were the enemy. You were an assistant coach at Marshall. Why make that move within the Southern Conference? Well, you know, first of all, I needed a job. <laughs> but uh, the other reason is, uh, you know, a winning program. And, and, you know, we always competed. And I thought Mac always done a good job. And we just felt it was a good area, the Chattanooga area, to if I had to move to, to restart again and, you wouldn't have to rebuild because, uh, you know, UTC always was there at the top. They're very competitive. They won, had great tradition. So we felt that that would be a great place to to raise a family and, uh, you know, have some security. Was it Rick Huckabee that hired you at, at Marshall? Yes, it was. And how did you get there? How did that come about for you? Uh, politics. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know him. And all of a sudden, someone said, well, a car dealer, he said, would you like to go to Marshall and be an assistant coach? And I was at Morris Harvey, which is University of Charleston now, where I graduated from. And it, it just kind of fell into place that way. Former head coach Mac McCarthy on Henry Dickerson. Mac, when did you... When did you know that uh, that Henry was ready to be a head coach? I remember, I remember being at the Southern Conference tournament in the early '90s. This probably would have been well '93, '94, and I remember hearing things then that well, you know, Henry may be in line for this job, or man, Coach Dickerson, you know, ex school needs to talk to him. Those kind of things around guys that were were following, you know, media guys following the conference back then. When did you realize, okay, he's ready? 
Well, I think early on, and, you know, we didn't get into, uh, you know, when Henry came to, to Chattanooga necessarily, uh, but w one of the things that, uh, you know, as an opposing coach, um, sometimes the fans don't know who is actually doing the recruiting, who is actually doing the coaching behind the scenes. But uh, because Rick Huckabee and I were really good friends, um, I, I knew what was going on at Marshall. And, uh, and while some other people may have gotten credit for some things, uh, you know, Henry was the guy getting things done. And when he got to Chattanooga again, he was that guy. Um, and, and as an assistant, you, you, you want them, yeah, you want them to do the jobs and the way their job description, uh, you know, is, is relayed to them and, and fulfill those obligations. Henry didn't let that inhibit him whatsoever. Uh, one of the most valuable things that, that Henry would do for me that would indicate that he was going to be a good head coach because he needed to appreciate what my job was. He wouldn't let any problems get to my door. Uh, if they got past my door into my office, I knew it was something really major because uh, I, I swear I think Henry physically kept some of the problems out of my office. And uh, I don't know whether he'd admit that or not, but uh, but I, I feel pretty confident that that's the case. And uh, and therefore, I knew he understood what it was like to be a head coach and what was required of him as a head coach. And I had 100% confidence and, and, and I had confidence that, that he would do what I had done, surround myself with really good, qualified, capable, outstanding folks. Johnny Taylor led the box to a Sweet 16 appearance. He shares his thoughts on his former coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, Coach, Coach D was that, was that surrogate father. I mean, he, he was – he he was definitely there, and if I was if I was slacking in any area, he definitely didn't hesitate to let me know. You know what I mean? And and you know, I, I almost like I was, you know, his 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 other son, just from a different mother. You know what I mean? Because he made sure I, I stayed straight on the straight and narrow, especially when it's time to play. My son, you know, what are you thinking about here? You know, you got to do this, 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 this. I remember I was shooting tragic from the free throw line. He was like, "Son, you got to get in and shoot extra free throws." And I think a couple of games later, I made like 19 out of 20 free throws one game or something crazy like that. You know what I mean? It was my junior year. I don't know if Coach D remember, I was really going through something personally with my family. You know what I mean? And, and I brought it to his attention. And I don't think he ever spoke a word of it to anybody. It was just he and I. It was something with my father. And he just held me down. You know, and that just goes to who he is. Just so you guys can understand that even to this day, I still appreciate that. You know what I mean? Because it was it was a tough time for my parents, tough time for me. And I just remember I had to tell somebody. I couldn't go and tell, like, my friends or anything like that. But I told Coach D, and uh, we, was, we would get, like, a little stipend check at, at the end of every month. And But I had to use mine for, for personal use. And Coach D was right there through that whole time. And uh, so I just want you guys to know like who this man really is. You know what I mean? Take us back a little bit. What was it like for you? You guys have that great run through the sweet 16. There's a ton of attention on the program. When did you find out Mac was leaving? How did you find out uh, Mac was? Leaving? Uh, I didn't even know Mac was, was looking. I mean, I didn't, if anything, I would say I would expect Mac to get a good, solid 
Division One job. There's no way I thought Mac would take the route that he took. Uh, and, and, you know, we had not heard Mac's name anywhere as far as a head coach position. Because, you know, one thing about Mac, and that's, I think, why we blended together. <clears throat> Mac can coach X and O's. I mean, there's no better coach that I know of that can X and O like Mac. And I don't think that was not one of my strongest suits, but I could do the other things as far as talking to players, uh, just some other things that maybe Mac wasn't strong, and that's why we were a good a good combination. So we thought Sweet 16, Mac's leaving. And we're going wherever Max is because we had a great uh, coaching staff. But then he came out. Um, Mac finally told us that he was going uh, to UTC as an, I mean, to VCU as an assistant for a year under Sonny Smith. Uh, but Mac never mentioned that they were trying to slide me in as a head coach there. And that is the reason Mac left so late to make sure that it kind of fell into place. If he'd have left earlier, you know, they would have opened that up and maybe my chances of getting the job may have been uh, not very good. And he, as him go, and with him going to VCU as assistant, there's no one on our staff he could take because there's no position so now we're out there struggling, trying to uh, find jobs. What was that time like for you? Did you start actively? Were you working the phone? Were you making calls to try to get a job? Or was that, were you approached pretty quickly by UTC saying, hey, coach, we, we want you to stay? Well, no, I didn't work. You know, like you said, it was so late. Uh, and when Mac told us what he was doing, it was like you kind of shocked. You didn't know which way to go. It was, you know, really because at that late stage, there's no positions open. There's no jobs. Uh, the, you know, all of them are filled unless something just comes open. And, and there's a lot of guys out there that are looking for jobs. But we were like in the holding stage waiting to see what was going to happen. And we actually didn't know until after uh, Buddy Green who was the acting athletic director and head football coach uh, kind of approached us and said, "What? this is what we're thinking. And then everything kind of uh, fell into place. First black head coach in UTC history. Does that mean more to you now than it did in the moment? Oh, no question. Matter of fact, I didn't even think about it in the moment. You know, the only thing I thought about was being a head coach. Now, and then to tell you the truth, I didn't think personally I was really 100% ready to be at a, a head coach, following Coach McCarthy, a Sweet 16 team having my first job, that was a very difficult thing because everybody expected, hey, sweet, sweet 16. But we lost everybody. We lost our head coach. 
We lost all our very, very good players. So it, it was a tough position to be in for your first head coach. It's nothing that you were groomed in because Mac coached. That's what Mac liked to do. I recruited. I helped coach some. My main thought was to recruit. So now I'm a head coach with not the experience that I needed to take that position. Now, if we just came off a losing season or UTC had not won before, then it may have been easier. But the expectations were so high that the pressure was on you from uh, from the start, day one. So I had no time to think about, hey, I'm the first head best like head basketball coach at UTC. Now down the road, it kind of ran across your mind and you thought about it. But this day now, it means more than it did when it happened. What do you wish you could go back 20-whatever years it's been now, 23 years, 24 years? What do you wish you could go back and tell Henry Dickerson back then? What do you wish you, what do you wish you knew back then that you know now? Uh, uh, again, uh, I think I'm more knowledgeable now than I was then. Well, I don't know now, uh, but more knowledgeable about the game. Uh, the, the X and O part of it. Uh, I knew some, but I wish I knew more. Uh, maybe uh, I could have spent more time uh, watching film or more time going to clinics uh, and spending time with other head coaches and, you know, gathering knowledge. But I thought I knew some. I had a pretty good coaching staff that had been around, but none of us had been a head coach. I think Coach Kilby had been a head coach at the junior colleges, but uh, he was recruiting at the time. So I think I, I, I wish – I would have prepared myself a little bit more uh, to become a head coach. But, but again, my job was not to do a lot of X and O's. It was to recruit. It felt at the time like a natural. I mean, it seemed like this is this was the right move to make was for, for you to be the next head coach. Um, and I know your name had been circulated with with some other jobs. I don't know how how actively you had pursued other head coaching opportunities. Did you ever get the feeling that maybe some of those head coaching opportunities were closed to you because of skin color at that time? Oh yeah, oh, no, there's no no question about it. Uh, you know, it wasn't like they were knocking my doors down, but every now and then somebody would would approach you from another school or something just to say, hey, we got your eyes on you. You know, you did a good job of where you're at. Uh, we'll be in touch. And, you know, then you're on a ego trip. You know, you got somebody. We, we notice you. Uh, thank you. You're going to be a good, good coach. But never was there any offers or interviews uh, for that position. Uh, I can't even remember one that was consistent with trying. I don't even know if anybody called Matt to ask permission to talk to me. Uh, so sometimes uh, you're in that situation, and it still goes on to this day. 
and and that is I don't know if it will ever change. So you you kind of handle the situation best way you can, especially if you got a family. You try to be stable and be in one spot instead of jumping from here to here, over there. Uh, uh, so my intention in my mind was, hey, let's make the best UTC. We're not going anywhere. I'm not looking for another job. All of a sudden, you get the head coach job, and you try to do the best job that you can do. And we liked uh, the area. We had made a lot of friends there. So we thought maybe this is where uh, we'll be set, and this is where we'll end our uh, coaching career here. What do you hope, or how do you hope, maybe? How do you hope people remember Henry Dickerson? <laughs> I don't know, except for just a hardworking guy that uh, enjoyed working with young men and different families, uh, just being honest with them and preparing them for, for what we say is the real world. And we all know they all can't play basketball, but they all can get a degree. Uh, you know, and I've got a, a group of guys now that we text each other constantly. We stay in touch. Uh, Everyone is doing well uh, as they can do financially, all have jobs, they have degrees. So that's more important. And I think a lot of my downfall as a head coach uh, is that I cared more about my players as people than I did them being basketball players. I was more concerned about that than Man, getting all the rebounds you can get, making um, scoring all the points you can get, that was good, but we all know that's going to end. So uh, counseling these young guys and uh, staying on top of them. And now, it didn't work for everybody, that's for sure. But we did have a lot of success uh, uh, with our players. And, you know, Mac, and I give a lot of credit to Mac because he is an assistant. He's a head coach, and I'm an assistant. He gave me the leeway, and he really trusted me. And, again, I, I kept a lot of uh, things off his back uh, and, and handled things myself, and, and that, that helped us a lot. And so as a head coach, that's what you hope. But I was more involved with the a young men person. What do you hope your players – what do you hope they took from you? Oh, that's hard, you know. I think some some took nothing. Some they we learned nothing from you. But then there's a lot of guys, as Johnny said, uh, as far as you know, the way he coaches, the way he handles handling young men. He said, "Hey, that's the way uh, Coach Dickerson did. Uh, that's the way I like. He handled me this way. It's the way I would like to handle players." Uh, then there's some guys would say. Hey, Mac, boy, he could draw up a play in a minute. He he was a very intelligent head coach. Called timeout when he needs to get the technical. Uh, Mac was one of those guys, you know, he would get in your face. He would tell you how he feels, and you have to accept it. Or if you don't, then you have to move on. Uh, but I was totally different. But when you're one, so I hope the young men uh, – would gather for me that, uh, you know, I cared about them. 
And I hope if they're in coaching or if they have their own business, that they run it that way. Because if the guy at the top, if you know he cares, then it, it helps the rest of everyone on that staff. You know, one of the neat things that I, I think from the guys that that you had that played for you at Chattanooga, whether you were a, uh, an assistant or, or your time as the head coach, I think it's neat now to see how many of those guys are still involved in, in basketball. Johnny Taylor is one. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes Moore has been a guy that has gone on and carved out a, a career for himself um in as a as a teacher and a coach since his his playing days ended at, at UTC that has to be very rewarding that those guys like that chose to follow in in those kind of footsteps doesn't it oh yeah it, it really does but not only in the coaching world but just in the business world whatever they're doing i i, I think it it it, it puts a smile on your face knowing that these guys have followed your footsteps, maybe not all in coaching, but athletics, in my opinion, prepares you to do a lot of things in the working world, how to handle people. And a guy like Wes Moore, who from day one looks like no one was recruiting and everyone was saying he can't play at that level. Heck, Wes started from day one. Uh, if it wasn't for Wes, I don't know. He, he was a glue. He, he was the key. Uh, a lot of them don't know how he held us together because he never turned the ball on. Played extremely hard, and he could make an open shot. And to be a point guard, that's what you take. But everybody thought, well, he played it. He played uh, a small ball. He, he just wasn't athletic enough. Uh, so that, that was was something that I don't think people realize uh, how successful West was and really really made us a, a good team. Do you remember the night he hit the nine threes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No question. Didn't surprise us. Uh, he worked extremely hard at what he did and, uh, you know, making those nine threes, it, it was like it's something he, he, he does every day, but it was just happened to be one of those nights you know your time as a as a head coach was we saw uh you know Wes have that that tremendous game um there was a win over virginia tech uh under you uh oliver morton was a really special player under you give me a couple of, of maybe your favorite memories from your time as as the head coach whether it's players moments games what stands out the most to Henry Dickerson now? It's like you said, wins, wins like the Virginia Tech, uh, Ohio State. Uh, those, uh, you know, they, they're they not there every night. But uh, I, I don't have a really a special moment in, in any of them. I know we beat College of Charleston the uh, first time we played them at our place. Uh, so you can always remember – some of the good wins, but uh, I, ju- I just thought that each night uh, we enjoyed, we played hard, we competed, uh, we represented the university and the community, uh, and the one that you don't re- want to remember all the time, but you do, 
uh, what was it, 2.3 seconds uh, on the clock. <laughs> and we had fought back so hard against UNC Greensboro. And, you know, we lost that game, a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. And so that you have flashbacks on that one. But it was a good moment uh, because we had fought so hard to get to where we were. And I think even we had a chance at the end where the ball hit the front of the rim uh, to win the game. Uh, so, you know, that was that's one that will never be out of my mind. But the rest of the it was, it was just being a joy around those guys and playing and traveling, uh, which uh, made a difference. Uh, it, it wasn't the best of times because you're always away. Uh, from home with your family where you spent more time with uh, other young men and their families trying to get them to come to UTC. And uh, you have a family of your own that you got to get back to to see them to make sure they're doing well. And, and so it has its up, it has its downs, but I think in athletics, that's just part of it. Coach, I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to do this. I want to do this again sometime, but uh, I really appreciate you giving me some time today. Thank you. This is a trip down memory lane with Coach Henry Dickerson. For more on Black History Month and its celebration at UTC, go to gomox.com. Thanks to Coach Mac McCarthy and Johnny Taylor for giving us some time to share their thoughts. And a special thanks this week goes out to Coach Henry Dickerson. Until next time, so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.